Welcome to the Aspen Chapel podcast with Nicholas and Heather Vesey. So we're continuing uh, this series that I've been doing for a while on the Sermon on the Mount, which is really Jesus's main wisdom teaching. It starts with the Beatitudes, which is a description of the journey that we take in our lives in attaining a true relationship with reality, beginning with not knowing, uh, in blessed are the poor in spirit, to a complete acceptance in blessed are the persecuted. Jesus then goes on to make some comments um, about the importance of the work, the salt and light passages, and, and shows us the way that the kingdom actually works out, the idea that law comes from a, a non-dual perspective where there's no distinction between heaven and earth. He then asks us to love all of creation, including our enemies, and to be true to our own inner calling rather than just playing to the gallery. He then shows us how to connect with the divine, with God, using the Lord's Prayer and makes the point that we have to be one focused. You can't serve both God and money. So through the sermon, Jesus is giving us pointers um, as to what living in the kingdom of heaven actually looks like. It's a sort of how-to uh, of living your life filled with love, a philosophy of how to live our lives more skillfully. He then goes on to the importance of keeping the mind in check. Last week, we looked at the command, do not worry. And this week, we're going to look at the whole idea of judgment. Do not judge, he says, or you too will be judged. For in the same way that you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take out the plank in your own eye and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck in your brother's eye. Do not give to the dogs what's sacred. Do not throw your pearls to the pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and in turn tear you into pieces. So once again, like last week, Jesus is asking us to control our minds because when not in check, our minds always rush to judgment. Now, at a glance, it may all seem obvious. We all know that judging others is not a good thing, that we should have the humility to realize that I'm no better than anyone else and no one else is better than me. But there's more to it here than that. The word in the Greek for judgment is krinon, meaning to separate, to put asunder, to pick out, to select. And this is the essence of what Jesus is asking us not to do. He's asking us not to pick apart creation and to make our own judgments about it. We have to go back to that basic idea that I was talking about last week, the backstory to controlling your minds. 
The first mistake we made, we make is to think that we are separate from everything else. We're not. We're living in an ocean of consciousness that's all one. That we are a drop in that ocean. A drop, yes, but we are also a part of that ocean. And in reality, we can see there's, that there's an interdependence of all things. And in the fact that when you break down all of the universe, it's just a soup of carbon atoms. And we each are just another part of that soup. The only difference is that we are a conscious part of that soup. We're aware of existing. We can think about it. We can rationalize. And we rationalize ourselves as being separate because it's easier for our minds to deal with the situation if we're a separate entity. Whereas the reality is that we're all part of one whole. That being said, our awareness of being alive comes through our own portal of consciousness. Each of us has our own little portal into our lives and we look into ourselves as being separate but in reality we are just one of 14 billion human eyes looking into the same reality our purpose in life is to become a conduit for the love that's at the heart of it all and bring that love through our own portal to enable the overall consciousness to develop that's that's the purpose of being and the way we do that, completely trusting in that universe of which we're one in our lives and understanding that what the universe brings us moment by moment is exactly what we need to put our attention on and to bring love into. So to make judgments about people, about situations, about our lives is to separate, is to put asunder, is to pick out, is to select. We do that from a position of feeling and thinking everything around us in order to control it, in order to control what's going on and to make sure. But there's a fine and using our minds to sensibly negotiate based upon prejudice on known facts we all know that it's going to hurt if we put our hand in the fire that's a know that it's safer to walk on the side in the middle of the road different from the judgments that are made prejudice. Our thoughts, our opinions about the way that other people look, the way that they behave, the colour of their skin, their sexual orientation. These are the judgments that Jesus is referring to. Why do you look at the speck of sword and pay no attention 
Jesus is actually asking us to work on ourselves. The important thing is not the speck in your eye, but the plank in your own eye that's making you blind. You know, we have to become aware of it. And how do we deal with it? It's our inner life that needs us paying attention to. The way that our minds are working, the way that we relate to the outside world. That's where Jesus is pointing to in these passages. The idea that transformation begins with us, being the change that we want to see in the world. Because in changing ourselves, then we change the world. So we have to look at the way that we act out of our opinions and attitudes, act out of the way that we have prejudice and bigotry, and realize that this prejudice and bigotry that our mind is coming from, that's the plank that Jesus is talking about. And I think it also relates to the judgments that we have about situations that go on in the world, about events, when we separate ourselves, when we put asunder, when we pick out, when we select events, situations or feelings and think that one is better than the other. Once again, our minds make distinctions and this is what Jesus is referring to as the plank. You know, is sadness better than joy? Is success any better than failure? Both have things to teach us. And both, if welcomed, will enrich us. Jesus is asking us to fully trust our lives, to have our minds be open to the equality of all things. Last week, I, I read a passage out of Saint-Saëns' poem from the 7th century, The Mind of Absolute Trust. And, and this week, I'd like to read the whole thing because it really pertains to what Jesus is talking about here. It's called the mind of absolute trust. The great way isn't difficult for those who are unattached to their preferences. The great way isn't difficult to those that are unattached to their preferences. Let go of longing and aversion and everything will be perfectly clear. When you cling to a hairbreadth of distinction, heaven and earth are set apart. If you want to realize the truth, don't be for or against. The struggle between good and evil is the primal disease of the mind. By not grasping the deeper meaning, you just trouble your mind's serenity. As vast as infinite space, it is perfect and lacks nothing. But because you select and reject, you can't perceive the true nature. Don't get entangled in the world. Don't lose yourself in emptiness. Be at peace with the oneness of all things and all errors will disappear by themselves. If you don't live the Tao, you fall into assertion or denial, asserting that the world is real, you're blind to the deeper reality. Denying that the world is real, you are blind to the selflessness of all things. 
the more you think about these matters, the further you are from the truth. Step aside from all thinking and there is no way you can't go. Return to the root and you will find the meaning. Chasing appearances, you lose their source. At the moment of profound insight, you transcend both appearance and emptiness. Don't keep searching for the truth. Just let go of your opinions. For the mind in harmony with the Tao, all selfishness disappears. With not even a trace of self-doubt, you can trust the universe completely. All at once you're free with nothing left to hold on to. All is empty, brilliant, perfect in its own being. In the world of things as they are, there is no self or non-self. If you want to describe its essence, the best you can say is not to. In this not to, nothing is separate and nothing in the world is excluded. The enlightened of all times and places have entered into this truth. If there is no gain or loss, one instant is 10,000 years. There is no here, there is no there. Infinity is right before your eyes. The tiny is as large as the vast. When objective boundaries all vanish, the vast is as small as the tiny when you don't have external limits. Being in an aspect of non-being, non-being is no different from being. Until you understand this truth, you won't see anything clearly. One is all. All are one. When you realize this, what reason for holiness or wisdom? The mind of absolute trust is beyond all thought and striving. It is perfectly at ease, for in it there is no yesterday, no today, and no tomorrow. Sen Sang is talking about this mind of absolute trust with the universe and not trying to second guess, not trying to judge because it's all one. He's talking about not only stopping ourselves from making judgments about others, but also making judgments about the whole universe and trusting it as it unfolds in front of us. This is really to adopt the attitude of not knowing. In his book, Zen Gifts for Christians, Robert Kennedy, the Zen master, who's been here a couple of times, says that it's only religious thinkers who experience not going as a life-giving stance. He quotes the Nobel laureate poet, Wysolska Zimborska, and who says, any knowledge that doesn't lead to new questions quickly dies out. It fails to maintain the temperature required for sustaining life. In the most extreme cases, it even poses a lethal threat to society. 
That is why I value the little phrase, I don't know, so highly. Jesus is asking us to suspend our judgments, to not know, not in a stupid way that will lead us to harm, but in a way that says that in some way, we're not any better than anyone else. That if we look down on other people because of what we think about them, then we're separating ourselves from them. This really leads to that idea of the equality of particularity. That no one thing in the universe is better or worse than anything else. It's all in our mind. There is no person that is better or worse than anyone else. Just as no atom is better or worse than any other atom. No flower is better or worse than any other flower. No element is better or worse than any other element. No feeling is better or worse than any other. All things have equal value. Therefore, what's the point of judging them? You know, we do have our favorites. We have our friends. We have our family. We like Nelson Mandela. We like Gandhi. But in reality, whether good or evil, all things have equal value in the universe. Just as all races are equal, all atoms are equal, everything has its own value. So do not judge it. And if you do judge and you think you're right about it and that your judgment has value, don't think it's going to make any difference, Jesus says. Don't give to the dogs what's sacred. Don't throw away your pearls to the pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and tear you to pieces. Your judgment, even if well-intentioned, will not be appreciated. Look at the way different political parties view judgments from their opposites. So Jesus is not saying that we should check our brains at the door. He's asking us to use discernment, to watch our minds and consider whether the judgments we're making are based on opinions or prejudice or the idea that we're better than somebody else. And even if we think we're right, he's suggesting that we should keep our opinions to ourselves because they won't be appreciated, especially in an election season. So in practice, Jesus is once again asking us to control our minds, to watch what we're thinking and not open our mouths inappropriately, to re realize that there is inequality in all things and that we have to respect and realize that our perspective is only that, our perspective. And we cannot consider it either to be right or wrong. It just is what it is. Our role is not to judge. Our role is to love. I'll finish with another great quote from the Tao Te Ching. A good traveler has no fixed plans and is not intent on arriving. A good artist lets her intuition lead her wherever it wants. A good scientist has freed himself of concepts and keep, keeps his mind open to what is. Thus the master is available to all people 
and does not reject anyone. She's ready to use all situations and doesn't waste anything. This is in called embodying the light. What is a good man but a bad man's teacher? What is a bad man but a good man's job? If you don't understand this, you'll get lost, however intelligent you are. It is the great secret. So any thoughts from you about that? Well, well first of all, um, it seems to me that so much of our judging is, sim- is simply deep, con- you know, the way we're conditioned, we're so deeply conditioned. And uh, we have our, you know, habitual patterns that just, we just need to somehow break. And it makes me um, remember, well, I've spent a lot of time studying the, the Enneagram and just the, the whole stuff around um, developing our inner observer and stable witness seems such an important way. Of, just if we did that, then we'd be able to notice with some objectivity um, when we're judging and just to be able to see it, you know, with a bit of detachment. So. Yeah, I think it's so interesting that actually Jesus is asking us to work on ourselves. And when we think of, you know, you know when we think of religion and Christianity, we think of the morally you know, moralizing and all that sort of business and don't do this and don't do that. But actually, what he's saying, you know, particularly in this passage, is watch your mind. Watch what's going on. He's, he's, he's pointing us to that inner observer, I think. Yeah, I, I was really struck just listening to you that, that the first line of that, the bit that you quoted that, that said, um, it's not difficult <laughs> for those who want to be on this path. It's yeah. not difficult. But um, yeah, but it's still, it's again the, the idea of... Um, Focusing on our practice, on, on, our, on our breath and our, our embodiedness, I think really helps with, with um, getting that, a sense of that detachedness so that we can uh, not be too involved in our judgments and just yeah. be able to see it. And then it also made me think of um, Mary Oliver. As I said, I've been, I've been reading a lot of her lately and um, how she spent so much of her life in, in beauty, in nature, and like living with a sense of awe and wonder. And to me, all of this is an invitation to to live more out of that space, out of my heart and my body awareness and get away from my thinking. And and we spend so much of our time in our minds thinking and that's where our judgment comes in. But I'm inspired by her life um, because she just lived with this, this simplicity and humility and childlike wonder. And I feel like if our whole lives are about moving towards oneness, as you were talking about, yeah. I feel like she, um, maybe she was beginning to do that, maybe more than most of us, um, to live into that, getting away from that separateness that you were talking about and that division. And the, uh, there's a little bit um, here just to quote that she said, uh, never in my life had I felt myself so near that porous line where my own body was done with and the roots and the stems and the flowers began. And I feel like that is pointing to um, a sense of oneness that we're all moving towards. Maybe she tasted that. I mean, that is interesting. We can't really tell where we end. You know, where do I end? Is, is, it, is it my breath? Where do I end and where do you begin? That's what she's saying with that. Where do I... And actually, the truthful answer is, you know, we don't end or begin. We are manifestations of that one beingness. That's what is being said. And that brings that simplicity. That's the essence of what's being said here, I think, that you can trust that. You're part of it. I found another quote from um, 
the um, Robert Kennedy's Zen Gift to Christian, he talks about this. He says, don't look outside of yourself for anything. When we realize there's no Buddha outside the self, and when we know we alone are the master, then for the first time we are worthy to be called clear-eyed. In other words, self-reliant. This is the fundamental insight of Zen. Nothing exists but the self, and this self contains the whole universe. Another way of saying it is that there's not a hairbreadth between the seer and the seen, which is what she was saying. To receive the insight that the universe, you know, when you get that insight, the universe disappears and only the self remains. And that is to understand the absolute unity of all things. This insight makes us self-reliant. He says, let me quote the verse from the koan that expresses so beautifully what happens to us when we become clear-eyed and self-reliant. It tells us that the whole universe opens up to us and that we are all one. Nothing is impossible. And this is the koan. In a moment, peace was restored throughout the land. All directions lay open to the master of the mind. In a moment, peace was restored throughout the land. All directions lay open to the master of the mind. And I think that's what Jesus is pointing us towards in these bits. Thanks for listening. If you feel moved to make a donation to the chapel, please go to aspenchapel.org. Thank you. And if you'd like to receive these podcasts regularly, subscribe to the Aspen Chapel through Apple, Google Play, YouTube, or any other outlet.